Well, it is great to see all of you here this evening. We thank God for his word that speaks so powerfully to us. And he knows us, he knows us well, as we said this morning, he's our shepherd. So he's able to minister to all of us together, but he also can minister to all of us individually. I spoke with a couple of people this morning who shared with me how they were touched by God's word. We thank God for that. Um, So I'm very grateful to our God and for allowing us to be here once again to look into this wonderful psalm, Psalm 23. It is my prayer that God will meet all of us again uh, in a very powerful way, in a very uh, comforting way, in a very strengthening way, that God will bless all of us. Uh, I would like to begin by reading Psalm 23 for you. Feel free to turn to it or listen to it but, um, or follow along as I, as I read for you. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. This morning, we begin looking at Psalm 23. As we said, under two broad categories, two broad titles. First, um, the wonderful affirmation that we see in verse 1. The glorious affirmation that we see in God, in in verse 1. What David boastfully says, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want. And we began looking at the second, um, second uh, category, second um, title, which is, has to do with how God, as our shepherd, shows his care for us. How he demonstrates his shepherding care in our lives. And we saw this morning that he does so by providing for us. By providing for us, and he provides well, certainly. He demonstrates his care as well by restoring us. God does not promise that life will just be smooth sailing once we become Christians. Sheep get hurt sometimes. Sheep get to the point, as we said, where they are cast on their back, powerless, helpless, greatly in need of help. And that's how it is in our lives, is it not? And so our shepherd comes and he restores us. 
He gets us back on our feet. He does not delight in seeing us just there and crying and feeling abandoned. Actually, he never abandons his sheep. So he comes and he restores us, and that's a demonstration of his care for us. And third, we saw that he leads us. He leads us in the right path. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. And he does so for his glory, for his namesake. So that's what we've seen this morning. So what we want to do this evening is to continue looking at how God demonstrates his care through the rest of the psalm. And the first thing that we want to say is that God, number four, demonstrates his shepherding care for us by protecting us, by protecting us from danger. The experience of danger is a very real thing for sheep. As they travel with the shepherd from one place to another, they go through places where, that are quite perilous, where they could fall, where they could get hurt, where they can be attacked. And that's how it is in the Christian life. It is a dangerous world. You know, there are people who try to give the impression that once you become a Christian, all will be wonderful. You'll be happy, feeling happy every day. Other people may get ill, not you. And if you happen to get ill, just have a little faith and God will heal you. Nobody will persecute you. Your children will always walk wonderfully. Everything will go well. You'll never lose your job. You will be honored and popular and all of that. But obviously this is a very different picture from the one given by our good shepherd who says, in the world you will have tribulation. That's what he said. It is a given. This world is not our home. And until we get home, we should expect danger. Should expect danger from the world, danger from Satan, and danger from the very fact that we are in a fallen world. There are things that happen. And God does not say, I, I will never let my sheep go and experience any trouble. That is not at all what we see from Scripture. So we see the experience of danger. It says, even though I walk through the valley of death valley of death and this this whole idea it's has to do with deep darkness the word death actually is not in the original text but it is translated it is put it put there to really capture the idea here deep darkness gloom and it is so tough where death is almost inevitable and that's why it is put there that's the experience that sheep often find themselves in. Where it is dark, where it is quite scary. And all of us know what it's like to go through those moments where all seems dark. Where all seems dark. And the Bible makes it very clear here that we will go through those experiences 
even though I walk through, not if, even though I walk through, and I will walk through it, and if you have it, you will one day, very soon, even though I walk through unavoidable experience, oftentimes that's part of the journey that the shepherd wants to take the sheep on to get to better pastures, to get to higher ground. Sometimes the sheep needs to travel those dark valleys just to get the sheep where there is green pasture. And so it is with us. All of us wants to go to higher ground, want to have mountaintop experiences, don't we? But oftentimes, you have to go through the valley to get to the mountaintop. And as you go through the valley, it is dark. It is dark. It is scary. But it's not just the reality of danger that's there, but there is something else. The Bible makes it clear here that there is a certainty of God's protection. I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Yes, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not walking alone. The sheep is not alone. What kind of shepherd would he be to abandon the sheep? Whether path is most perilous. We would not do that, would we? If you are guiding someone to a destination, would you abandon them where, it, where everything seems dark? You would not do that. I would not do that. How much more would our Heavenly Father walk with us, be near us in those difficult places? So yes, sheep go through dark valleys, but the shepherd is near. I will feel no evil because you are with me. That's the idea. And note here a change. Before, up to this point, it's really, he does this for me. See a lot of third person. It's like the sheep is talking to about the shepherd. Now it's to the shepherd. You are with me. You have this change. Now it's no longer a third person. It's you are with me. And that's what you get through the rest of the psalm. John Piper says this about this change, this change of form. He says, the crisis of life draw us closer to God, those dark valleys. We are more prone to talk about God. He is this, he is that. When we are in the green pastures and more prone to crowd to God, you are with me when we enter some fearful ravine. Is that not true? Is that not true? And I believe God uses those dark moments to get us closer to him. Even humanly speaking, we do that. I mean, suppose you're walking with your wife, Julie. No. <laughs> ben. <laughs> suppose you're walking with Julie. And all is nice, and you're walking, and, you know, there, she's a little bit, you know, two, four feet from you. But then you get to a place, and you're walking with her. Where it's dark. Perhaps there are some animals that Julie's scared of. What does Julie need? You stepping back further? Or you standing? Julie knows, right? Right next. 
Before maybe he was walking in, you know, you know he was there, but now he's, you want him to hold your hand. You want to sense his nearness. And sometimes that's what God wants us to experience, his nearness. So he allows us to go through those dark valleys that we would know what it is to say, oh, I will not fear. Not because I'm bigger or better or smarter. Because you are with me. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing. This whole idea of God's presence to be with his people. Or we can look at the entire Old Testament. When God called Joshua, remember what he said? What I will be with you. You're going to go to this battle. You're going to face this enemy. And you have every reason to fear. But do not fear. Why? I will be with you. I will be with you. Now why does the presence of the shepherd make the difference? Why? Well, two reasons. One, God, lo God loves us and is committed to our welfare. The shepherd loves the sheep. The sheep knows it. The shepherd, I mean the sheep knows that the shepherd loves him and will not spare anything to protect the sheep. That's why it makes a difference. See, there are shepherds who don't care much about their sheep. Um, Ezekiel 34, 1 through 6. Let me quickly read. I it's such a strong text. I have to read a few verses from it for you. Where God describes the false shepherds of Israel and how they failed to protect the sheep. Verse 1, Ezekiel 34. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Prophesy against the shepherd of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak one you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness, you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all, for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth. With none to search or seek for them. The false shepherd sees danger. And what does he do? He runs. He abandons the sheep. The sheep does not benefit from his strong presence because he really does not care for the sheep. That's the idea. But our shepherd, our good shepherd, cares for the sheep. That's why the shepherd's presence makes a difference. The sheep know it. The sheep know the shepherd cares for him. But that's not all. It's not just that the sheep know that the shepherd cares, but the sheep also know that the shepherd has the power 
to protect him. Now, you may want to protect someone you love greatly, but as much as you want to do so, if you do not have the power, you may watch in horror as a person get attacked, as your life even get taken. Right? So it's not enough for the shepherd to want to protect the sheep. The shepherd has to have the power, has the power, the strength, the strength to do so. God has the power to protect his sheep. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me during time of danger. Why? What is the purpose of the rod? The purpose of the rod is to protect the sheep against lions and bears and cougars and all of those who would seek to destroy the sheep. So the, she- the, the sight of the rod then is a source of comfort. It tells the sheep the shepherd is strong. Don't worry. Lion, you come. I care. I'm willing to protect you. Actually, I will be able to protect you. That's what the rod says to the sheep. The rod and your staff. And the staff is, again, like a long stick, often has a hook at the end. Sometimes the shepherd can literally use a staff to grab a little lamb that's about to fall. That could be trampled. Let me move you over here. So it's not just protection from enemies from outside, even from within. The shepherd is there to protect the sheep. And the rod and the staff bring much comfort to the sheep. God has always been the protector of his people. Always. Listen to Psalm 121. I'm reading from the New King James Version. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. The word sheep is not repeated here. The word shepherd is not repeated here. But it is very clear that our God here is doing the work of a shepherd. That's what shepherds do. At night, oh, they're not going to fall asleep deeply and be unaware of approaching danger. They're always watching. They're always protecting That's who God is to us. You are never out of his sight. We are never out of his sight. And that's comforting for me. You know, there are people who may be planning, plotting danger against you and me without us even ever knowing it. Right? Do sheep know what's lurking, what's that? They don't. It is a shepherd's job to be alert. Our shepherd is alert. The Bible says he's not sleeping. 
He's not slumbering. He's not dozing off. God never gets to a point where he says, Oh, Thomas, I'm so sorry. I was taking a little nap when that thing happened to you. When the tragedy happened in your life, oh, I am so sorry. If I were paying attention, that would not have happened. I am sorry. Please, 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 please. Our God is not that kind of God. He's always alert. He's never sleeping. And if something happens to me, it's because he allows it. Jesus says, the very hair of your head is numbered. That's why we need not fear. Listen to Jesus again as he appropriates himself the role of a shepherd. Remember we said Yahweh, covenant God. Jesus, the incarnation of God, one who made flesh, who came here. Look at, listen to what he says in John chapter 10. I am. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That's his love for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. This is what they were doing in Ezekiel's days. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. By the way, you see the same covenant language we were talking about this morning. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Sacrificial love. And all the sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Our shepherd is strong. He demonstrates his care for us by protecting us. He wants to protect us because he loves us. But he's also able to protect us. And Jesus says, I'm able to protect you because I am. I and the Father are one. And the Father is greater than all. I am greater than all. Satan, we'll take care of that. The world trouble, take care of that. Persecution, nothing can ever snatch you or me from our shepherd's hands. Martin Luther, the great reformer, during a time that was dark, also understood this. Listen to what he says. A mighty fortress. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great. And armed with cruel hate, on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. We're not the right men on our side, the men of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name. 
from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him, his rage we can endure. For lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. We are safe even in death, my dear brothers and sisters. Even in death, we are safe. Do you hear it? Do you hear of the shepherd's love for you? Do you see his commitment to you? For your welfare, for your protection. And do we hear this for our church? You know, we're going through transition and we are, we have reasons to be concerned. But let me tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, Jesus, the Lord of the church, loves this church. He loves it far more than I can ever love this church. Far more than any of us can ever love this church. He is a shepherd. He cares for this people. He cares for this work. He has started it. And it will continue because of who he is. He loves us. He's protecting us. Not only exercises his care, show us his care for us by protecting us. But, verse 5, he does so by blessing us. By blessing us, number 5, with great abundance. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The idea is a, a banquet. Plenty of food for the sheep. Plenty of green pastures. More than they can ever desire. And there are moments like that, is there not? Where God just fills us. Again, remember Paul? I've learned to be content. I've learned to have little. I've learned to have abundance. And there are times when that's, how, that's what God does. Where he blesses us with great, great abundance. He sets a table before us. And he does so in the presence of his enemies. Imagine this picture of a strong shepherd who guides the sheep through a very difficult path. And now he gets to that place, that mountaintop, and he said, all right, sheep, time to eat. Relax. No need to worry about the lions, the bears that are watching you, your enemies. In their very presence, I will feed you. There will be banquet in their very presence. That's power. That God our shepherd is so powerful that he's able to bless us in spite of our enemies. Oh, they're looking. Oh, they're seeing. They want to destroy us, but God says, they can't. You can rest. You can enjoy my bounty for you. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. 
You anoint my head with oil. Again, that's a sign of hospitality. Rest, my sheep. Come, rest. Have no fear. Enjoy what I have for you. Enjoy it. And David says, oh, it is so good that my cup overflows. Oh, God, it is so good. You are such a generous shepherd. It is so good. God is the great host. And he provides abundantly. He gives us far more than we need. Lastly, God exercises shepherding care in our lives by giving us, listen to this, by giving us the assurance of future grace. Verse 6, by giving us the assurance of future grace. Surely goodness and mercy shall do what? Shall follow me. Future. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have been blessed by you. I've experienced your grace in the past. Your grace to provide for me. Your grace to restore me. Your grace to protect me. Your grace to lead me. And it's not over. That's the idea here. Grace is not just for the past. It is not just for the present. It is in store for the future. For the future. That's what we have here. And he's assuring them of that. I say, surely, surely, no doubt. Not that I'm hoping, maybe. In light of what I've seen of my shepherd, of his goodness and his kindness, I can rest assured that there'll be more in the future. More of his grace to rely on, more of his grace to enjoy. Now, I should say something about that verb, that whole verb, shall follow me. I mean, I remember thinking about this, okay? You know, it's like, okay, goodness and mercy are just coming behind us. Coming behind us. But the idea is even stronger than that. And a better word is pursuing. Pursuing. It's like God is saying, I am my mercy. My mercy is after you. Not going to leave you. You will not be apart. You will not live life without it. It's like a patrol car. Have you ever been pursued? I hope not. On a highway? Have you? Well, I hope none of us has had that. But at least you know what it's like. Maybe your neighbor has been pursued. Maybe you know somebody in this church has been pursued. But all of us know what it is to be pursued. And if you're on a highway and there's a patrol car coming after you, it's going to get you. So it's just going to follow. It's going to pursue you. It's going to get you. That's the picture here. Surely, goodness and mercy shall pursue me. Pursue Thomas. Pursue Julie. Pursue you, my brothers and sisters. How long? All the days. All the days of my life. So I Christians should be the most hopeful of all people. Because our shepherd 
has grace, unspeakable grace for our tomorrows. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So see, it's the future grace of God as he pursues us. And then we see his grace as he, he stays with us always. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When a sheep has a good shepherd, the very presence of the shepherd is reassuring. The very presence of the shepherd is a blessing to that sheep. Not just because, well, what may happen, and, but even among sheep. You know what happens with sheep sometimes? They're there and fighting for a little space and they're butting against each other. And so if you're a little sheep, you want the shepherd there because when the shepherd is there, it's going to make sure that everyone is okay. David rejoices in the fact that he will be he will have the blessed presence of his God, of his shepherd, always. Always. All is well when the shepherd is near us. That's the idea. All is well when the shepherd is near us. Yes, he may allow us to know pain. He may allow us to know great suffering. He may allow us to shed tears. He may allow us to get to the point where we say, God, I don't know if I can take it anymore. Have you been there? All of that is possible. Even death is possible. But that's not the end. That's not the end. Because our shepherd conquered death. And this life is not the end. And the shepherd, the sheep want to be in the shepherd's presence forever. And that's what we have here. God is all we need. Our shepherd's presence, that's all we need. So if he brings plenty, great. If he takes things away, great. Because we have him. He is our shepherd. Just want to share now with you just a few words, final words of application and they sound, they have the same ending, if that helps. Five words that I want to share with you as we close. Actually, four words. The first one is examination. For all of us, what is it that, how are we to examine ourselves? You remember when I started, I said that this psalm is not just for everyone. Yeah, people love to quote it. But it is a psalm for those who are in covenant with God. For those who were bought by the blood of Christ and who belong to Christ. So we need to ask ourselves, do I know this shepherd? Am I one of Jesus' sheep? So there's a time for examination. I trust that all of us can say, oh yes, yes and yes. The second word is adoration. We need to give thanks and rejoice in God's shepherding care for us. I don't know, I didn't say much about that, but when I, the second big title I have, it says it's gracious demonstration. We may get the impression somehow we are entitled to the care of the shepherd. 
will not. It is all a work of grace. It is all a work of grace. The shepherd bought us, redeemed us because of grace. And he daily cares for us because of his grace. So the protection, the provision, the direction, every blessing that we have is because of grace. So we ought to worship, adore him, give thanks to him. Every time you read the psalm, it's not just to feel reassurance. But as you read it, oh, I hope it will bring you to your knees and say, what a wonderful shepherd I have. That's what, by the way, David is doing. I have such a wonderful shepherd. Sing of him. Praise him. Adore him. Adoration. Third, edification. That's a third point of application. Edification. And here I mean primarily self-edification. That is, preach this to yourself. Preach these truths to yourself so that you may be built up by them. Those wonderful truths about your shepherd, remind yourselves of them. When you feel like, oh, all hope is gone, I'm abandoned, go to the text, go to the book. No, 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 no. Remember the one who says, he will never leave you, nor forsake you. Preach this to yourself. Preach God's word. Rest in his promises for you. Edification. The fourth one is also edification, except it's not self, but edification of others. You see, God's shepherding is to be to us a model for shepherding. God's shepherding of us is to guide us in how we are to care for others. So if you are a mom and dad, shepherd your children. Shepherd them, care for them, and let our father's shepherding be the model for you. You're a teacher in this church. You have people under your care. Shepherd them like this. Not like the false prophets who took advantage of them when they should have been feeding them. And that's why God gives leaders to the church. Not so that the leader can rule over people and say, you're going to have my way. Oh, look at how powerful I am. It is that they, like Jesus, would sacrificially give of themselves for the sheep. So let this model of shepherding guide us in how we ought to care for others. You remember Jesus' interaction with Peter, last chapter of John. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Three times. Three times he asked him the same question. And you know what Jesus' answer was? After Peter said, yes, 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 yes. Feed my lamb. Feed my sheep. What is the point? Jesus is saying, Peter, I will know that you truly love me when you're caring for my people. I will know that you truly, truly, truly love me when you who have known my love are loving those who belong to me. So we all need to be caring and shepherding others. Obviously, this has even a bigger, richer application for those who are called to serve as elders, as pastors in churches. Especially when the world has so many different models for us. We need to see this. This is a perfect model for pastoring. That's what pastoring is. 
That's why in the New Testament, you see the words again, shepherds of flock, shepherds of flock, shepherds of flock. In other words, be to the flock. Yes, not like God, but in a small way, what I am to you. Give of yourself. Ephesians, Jesus died for the sheep. So what are pastors to do? A true pastor cares. He gives of himself. He loves the sheep. And yes, God gives him skills to also guide the sheep and protect the sheep. But the love must be present. Thank God again for our wonderful brother. I remember when I met Pastor Justin, who was very I loved him fairly quickly and I sent his love. That's what a pastor, that's how a pastor is to be. Pastor loves the sheep. May God bless us with a shepherd who will reflect the shepherding of God in this church for the good of the sheep, for those who are here and for those that are to come in the future. Edification of others, not just self-edification, but lastly, mission. There is a missiological application here for us. We are to have a com we must have a commitment to be used of God in gathering those who are not yet part of the flock. And I'm not speaking necessarily of them coming to our church, but to be part of Jesus' flock. Jesus said that, remember in John 10, I have some who have not yet been brought to me, but I will be sure that they come to me through your witness. And that's what the apostles did and those who came after them. And God wants us to do the same. As we're enjoying the wonderful benefits of our shepherd, the beautiful privileges that we have, should we not care for those who are lost, for those who are hungry, for those who are going after broken cisterns to find water? Should we not care for them? So we must have that commitment to admission. What a wonderful God we have. What a wonderful shepherd we have. That he would die for us and that we would have a relationship with him daily enjoying his love, his care over our lives. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters. May God bless you. May God bless our church. May God help us to leave this place renewed, refreshed, strengthened by the reality that we have a great shepherd. We don't need to want anything else. We will not want anything else. He is that good. Let's pray.